beloved, and welcome back to another episode of Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend Josiah. This is season 16, episode 170. This is our last episode for season 16. Um, And today, we are obviously going to be starting the wonderful book of Galatians. This is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia after some rumors that were going around. People were coming to the church and saying false things, and Paul was, um, theologians say that Paul was actually like furious after everything that was being said because of the beautiful sacrificial death and that, that, that Christ suffered, and then after, the, obviously, the resurrection, now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So thank you for tuning in. I am super excited. Um, I'm even super excited to dive into Philippians after, I mean, all of the Bible is good, but I'm super excited to dive into Philippians. Um, so after the Galatians, we'll be diving into First and Second Peter, Lord willing. Obviously, we just got done with the book of James, very good book. We learned a lot, and I did do a mini episode on what did we learn from it? How, do we can, how can we put these things into practice, and how can we um, do what Paul says to the church in Thessalonica uh, not ignore the movings of the Holy Spirit on our heart. Um, if you'd like to know the song that's playing right now, it's a song that I've played before, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that this is a perfect song to open with, and it's called Endless Life by William Augusto. Um, and I, you guys have heard me say uh, William's uh, name a few times. He's got tons of good worship instrumental stuff. There are a few people that I do listen to their instrumental music, but they don't necessarily have it directed towards worship to the Lord. I don't get convicted about that, but uh, they've got great, great stuff, and I always feel really connected with the Lord when I listen to this kind of stuff. So, Here on Movius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret Scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, and to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we continue to be prepared for the second coming of Christ. And uh, if you are a Spotify listener, there is a question posted below you can answer if you uh, if you would like uh, on your smartphone about this study on Galatians chapter 1. And the verse of the day here on Movius Ministries is uh, Revelation 3.10. Revelation 3 is jam-packed with so much stuff. Um, I did have a... Um, about three weeks ago, I went through this moment of asking the Lord if I was lukewarm. The Lord showed me that I did. I went through this process of knowing how to repent from that, and the Lord really touched my heart. That's another story. We'll dive into that another day. But um, it really breaks my heart. Like, just going off script for a little bit. I'll read the verse in a second. But where pastors will be like, if you're lukewarm, you have to do all this stuff. You have to fast more. You have to pray more. You have to tithe more. You have to do this more and do that more and stop doing this and stop doing that. And they totally, um, they're doing what John explicitly says to not do, which is adding things to the book of Revelation, to the book of the prophecy. It's Revelation 22, but, um, Jesus is clear. If you're, he says, if you hear me knocking on the door, which means if you hear the Lord like showing you these things, and he says, 
if you invite me in, I will eat with him. And what that means in the Greek is to restore him. And at the end of the day, that's that's up to Jesus. That 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 is his work, and that's all you need to do. And there's a lot of just man-made religion at that point. So let's just let's just say that Revelation three ten. Out of the NIV says, since this is uh, this is I think this is uh, Jesus speaking. It says, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Wow. You know, Revelation is a beautiful book that we can study. And chapter one actually says, blessed are those who study this book because the, it says that the time of fulfillment is near. And it's like the verse in Peter where it says a thousand days is like a is a thousand years is like a day with the Lord. So it's like God is not slow, but his he's just he moves in mysterious ways. Okay, so let's dive into Galatians one. I'm gonna open in prayer real quick. If you like to know the song that's playing right now, it's called If I Know How to Pronounce It. Uh, Thephilisus it's in parentheses One Spirit by Waldner Worship it's a beautiful song I love Waldner Worship they got great stuff let's open in prayer beloved Lord I thank you so much for showing us more of your word I pray that even as we go week in and week out and hear new things, you would discipline us to be faithful in the things you're telling us to do in this season. Father, I pray for open hearts. Um, I pray that I'd be careful in what I say, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you have gifted me with this and I love to do this every week. If there's anyone that's going into a moment of people who have been grieving in their sin, Lord, your word says, blessed are those who mourn. Lord, I pray your grace would release them. They would confess their sins to you. I pray for those that have had a really good day, Lord, that they would not have the attitude of, I am in need of nothing, but they would grow in your grace. I pray for those that have had a really bad mental health day. And Lord, I pray they would run to you. They would pour out their hearts before you and you would teach them things, Father. I pray today's worth would go forth in power. Give us insight. Give us that 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 prayer in Psalm 119, you would give us hearts of understanding. You would refresh us with your word. We would not be conformed by the ways of this world. and We would experience the renewing of our minds through your Holy Spirit. just thank you Lord for what you've done through Christ and we rest in that 
We lean on you, Jesus, in the midst of the waiting, the promises we've been holding on for so long. We will not walk away. We will never turn away. We will lean on you. That those who have suffered in the flesh have ceased from sinning. Father, I thank you just for what you're doing in our hearts. And Lord, just bring us that revelation of the fear of the Lord again. Bring that back into our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and I I do have a water here so I can stay hydrated, so thank you very much. I've got Jesus stickers coming in the mail for my water bottle, and I'm really excited. I, If you guys need a, great, a good site to go on to get Jesus stickers or a Jesus hoodie to represent the gospel... Um, you can go to elevatedfaith.com. They've got great stuff. I love what they have. I just got like, I think like eight or nine stickers that are coming in the mail. So I'm excited. Okay. So I watched, uh, the Bible project. It's a, it's, it's a YouTube ministry on a YouTube ministry. Uh, they have a church and they, they are, they, they do a beautiful part in the body of Christ. Um, I watched their video on the overview of Galatians, and I took a few key points from it. But I urge, I still urge you, beloved, go and listen to it before you start listening to this episode here on my podcast. It is going to help you understand the roots, the roots of what Paul is writing here. It's going to help you understand the context. So again, like I said, I grabbed little bits and pieces, um, but I couldn't write down the whole thing. I mean, the video was like 10 minutes long, so... Um, that's not true. I could have, but I chose not to. So, hmm. Okay. Paul's letter was written to a number of churches in the city of Galatia. So there was a number of them to the certain city of Galatia. Um, this is where we, it's translated into the book of Galatians. It's just man-made. It's, it, it is, I do think it's fine in the eyes of the Lord. Um, so it wasn't just a one church. It was several. You can see some of the backstory of this church with their associations with Paul in Acts 13 and 14. Paul wrote this letter from a place of deep passion and frustration. The law was given to God's people, the Jews. But once Christ came, the law was given to all, Jews and Gentiles. Gentiles were people that were not chosen by God in the Old Testament. So you could like reference the... the, the um, the nation of Babylon during the times of the Old Testament. These were people who did a lot of pagan rituals, but they were there were just as many non-Jews as Jews in the Jesus movement. That's key there. This sparked a huge debate in the churches, lots of quarrels. Remember what we just read in James 4, beloved, where James says, what's causing quarrels among you? He goes, there's a battle internally that you're dealing with, that you need to deal with. You can see this debate in Acts chapter 15. The Jews were trying to grill the non-Jews, the Gentiles, that they had to follow the laws of the Torah to truly follow Jesus. So these Jews who were... Uh, demanding these things started going to these non-Jewish people and telling them that they had to, again, obey the laws of the Torah to truly be saved and be a follower of Christ. Excuse me. And when the Apostle Paul, when he hears this, who was called out by Christ to be his representative, he was deeply grieved. And this letter is a response to 
all of this nonsense. Chapters 1 and 2 talk about the gospel of the crucified Messiah. Chapters 3 and 4 talk about how to create a uh, new multi-ethnic family um, and that um, that word, um, I think it's forget what, what, what passage is in, but the word, um, the word, um, oh, nations, it's the Greek word ethnos. So anyway, there's this new multi-ethnic ethnic family in the church and the body of Christ. That's chapters three and four. And then chapters five and six, Paul finishes and talks about how this transforms everyone by the Holy Spirit. Today, we will obviously only be doing chapter one, Lord willing. Uh, then next week, we will do chapter f- chapter two, Lord willing. And Paul goes over uh, chapter one and talks about these people who are perverting the gospel uh, brought forth by Christ. So they're bringing forth the gospel, but they're perverting it. Then he goes on and says, The message which I have given you, I have received, received it from Jesus himself, the risen Messiah. So... You know, I, I've been I've been looking at certain verses in Galatians. You guys know I've stated Galatians six one several times. I love that verse. Um, and I've when I've had guys come to me and they've confessed sin, I've just said I restore you gently in Jesus' name. Um, and whether like you say that literally or you have a different way of restoring someone gently, I think that's fine as well. So as we dive into chapter one, uh, we will be reading out of the ESV version today beloved verse one the title of chapter one is greeting so this is paul greeting himself just making a formal kind of entrance paul an apostle not from man nor through man but through jesus christ and god the father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me now, for verse 2, where Paul says brothers, we saw this in the book of James, it also still translates uh, the same way here as brothers and sisters in the faith. To continue, Galatians 1, to the churches of Galatia. So, I'm just gonna, let's, just, let's just look at that right, real quick. He's, it says, to the churches of Galatia. If we go back, um, part of the overview that I, that I said about Galatians, um, what I got from the Bible Project... Um, to understand that the context or the overview of Galatians, this this is this is um, the, um, the the Bible project explained that this that there were many churches they were writing to in, in in Galatia. So we see it right here in the beginning of uh, at the end of end of verse two to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to, to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, we're going to get into some Greek. I know I didn't say that before, but we do it every episode because it's really good and it's super important. And I'm going off script real quick. One way I've, in the midst of me following Christ, it's been, it's been about five and a half years now, Glory be to God. I have definitely gotten like confused about certain scriptures, and I've learned that um, Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic language, it is so much more complex than what we read in today's English language. So it's important to read the original 
and that's why you kind of like beloved you can you can hear me when i see two words in the same like 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 in like in four to four to five different verses i'll reiterate if it's the same or, or different greek word because it's it's so complex now right here uh verse four where it says who gave himself meaning christ for our sins to deliver us from the present age the greek word for the word deliver is the word exaurio exaurio it blew me away when i saw this you this word is used as a verb and not a noun so it's a physical action that christ did it's not a, a noun is a person place or thing it wasn't a, per, a certain place he brought us out he brought us it, it was a it's a verb it just opens my mind so much more and the definition means to pluck out draw out root out that's a big one think about that to root something out is like you're tangled up in so much stuff um, another one is to choose out for oneself select one person from many or to rescue so it's gosh that just i don't know about that opens my mind so much and that even you know ties into the argument of like the whole like like the the, the conversation of the elect and i i, I just I, I still struggle with like because jesus says in i think john 6 no one can come to the father unless the father draws near to him or goes after him i something like that jesus says but i still struggle like and i'm not going to stand here and say that god's unjust because i have a huge pride issue at that point but that god knows what he's doing of course but um yeah so it's, it's just it's interesting it's there, there's something we don't know and again we don't want to deal in absolutes so verse six there's a new title and it's uh no other gospel so verse six i am astonished astonished we're going to get into the greek word for that that you are so quickly look at that so quickly it's not like a like a like a like like in the discipline of the lord it is a slow process for the, for the most of us and then we eventually learn how to have the right endurance in the midst of trials but it says right here, Paul says, you guys are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ who are turning to a different gospel. Now, the Greek word for the word astonished is the word thomazo. This word is used as a verb and it means to wonder or to marvel. Like, whoa. Now, this is... This is the beautiful work of the Holy Spirit in Paul, that Paul saw the resurrected Christ and was forever changed. That Christ put such a deep confidence in him for the truth of the gospel. We should have the same beloved and not compromise for false things in the church. It, we should have the same realization. So um, he goes, I'm astonished. I'm in wonder. I, I'm, I'm marveled at this, that you guys are so quickly you guys were shown the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ who saved you from your sin, not of your works. Verse 7, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. So, 
Okay, let's back up here. Let's go back to verse six. I'm gonna I'm gonna read I'm gonna go back and read verses six and seven together. I am astonished that you are so quickly so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning into a different gospel. Not that there is another one, meaning another gospel, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. They want to distort it. Verse 8, even, but, but, even, but even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached, we preached to you, let him be accursed. Those are some pretty big words, beloved. That's huge. Let him be accursed. Now, the Greek word for the word angel is the word angelos. This word is used as a masculine noun, and the definition is a messenger of God. Uh, that, is, that, that, is, that is just one of the definitions. So let's just, I'm going off script here. Some of you guys, I think it's, I think it's either Mormons or Jehovah or JWs, um, where they're, they're, they're like guy who, uh, Joseph Smith, I think his name is. Let me look it up real quick. Yes. Okay. So what's, uh, Joseph Smith says right here was an American religious leader and founder of Mormonism at the latter day saint movement. Um, so basically this guy, he, uh, experiences, he, he, he says that he had a dream from an angel about a different gospel. And they, they wrote the whole Book of Mormon. They added things to the scripture. And you can see that it's verse 8. He goes, even if we or an angel from heaven came to preach, let him, let, let him be a curse. So that's what that look. We, we can tie that in with Joseph Smith. You can look into that on your own on, on how that all happened. But anyway... Going back to my notes, but I think the reason Paul mentions angels here is because he knew Satan was once an angel. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11 that, that, that the enemy masquerades as an angel of light. And that, uh, and that the enemy, Satan, he had the choice of free will. Angels still have that choice today. That's vital to know. It's still, it's still possible today. So just, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any concrete scripture to back that up but i also don't have any scripture that backs up um them not having free will so just in case something like this did happen of an angel coming with a different gospel to tell someone to then tell the church let him be accursed jesus said that it was finished that there was no more to be done um i literally i went to prayer this morning and i i i heard I, I, I heard the Greek word for finished. I'm trying to remember it now. It's like teledosi, something like, it's like tele, teledosi. It's, I forget how to pronounce it, but. Okay. There's a footnote in my on-hand Bible right here. You can hear me kind of, you can hear me, you can hear me shut my Bible. I got my Bible right here. <laughs> um, Galatians chapter one. I'm going to read a footnote from verse seven. Okay, so let me read verse 7 again. Not that there is another one, again, another gospel, but there are some who trouble you who want to distort the gospel of Christ. 
So the footnote for that is these people are often called Jude Judaizers. They were Jews professing to be believers who taught that Gentile Christians had to conform to uh, certain Old Testament laws and rituals, especially circumcision, in order to be saved. They denied the saving power of God's grace alone and only sought to discredit Paul's apostleship and undermine his ministry. Now, some scholars questioned the, the valid validity of some or all of the Judeans' true faith in Christ and his message of salvation. It makes sense because Paul says, again, in verse... Um, in verse 6, that he's astonished that they're so quickly going to a different gospel. We'll get into Galatians 5.1, where Paul says, don't let them put the yoke of slavery which you had on before. They're, they're going to that. They're, they're allowing that to be put on them. I can't wait to break that verse down because I, I've been like 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 playing a movie in my head of how I'm going to preach that verse because I still see people in the church do it today. Even pastors that are like really well known, they will do, they will do what Paul says to not do in Galatians 5.1. He says, don't let them put the yoke of slavery on you. So to continue, um, let me let me let me find where I was before. Verse ten, for um, and this this is the verse that that a lot of us really may know. Um, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? And if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So you could almost say Paul is not going to be dipsuhas, which is the Greek word for double-minded, what we read in James 1. He isn't going to do the assignment Jesus uh, has given him to preach the truth. I don't think I read the right, I, don't, I didn't read that right, I'm sorry. He isn't going to do the, he isn't going to do the assignment Jesus gave him to preach the to preach the truth while still going around and agreeing with uh, these other false teachers are teaching to this church. He's not movable. He's not going to be moved back into that yoke of slavery, which Paul used to have. You can read, Paul was like, I knew the whole law. I, I, I knew it at a very early age. Um, so it's interesting. Let's go back to verse 10 real quick. I'm going off script. Um... There's other versions in the Bible, it could be NIV or NLT, where it says, am I trying to please man? And what that means there in the Greek is to, um, I think, convince them. So, um, which could also translate into the approval of man. He's he's not here to get the approval. It, it's God who changes their hearts. He plants the seed and God does the rest. Uh, verse 11, the new title is called Paul Called by God. So verse 11, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. Now there's a footnote for this. And what it means by man's gospel uh, translates into not according to man. Verse 12, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it by man. So I'm, I'm honestly, I'm going to underline, I can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to even underline, receive it and taught it here on my MacBook. There's, there's, there's two 
perspectives there. There's two choices Paul gives. He goes, I didn't receive it. I wasn't even taught it. But I to continue verse 12, but I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's going back to that 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 encounter he had on the road road to Damascus. And we can do this too where we're, we're like, no, I had an encounter with the Lord and I know what happened happened. And so let me go off script real quick because I can kind of read kind of give a story. For a long time in my Christian walk, I can look back and see that my ADHD was like something I had to suffer with for a very long time. It led me to a lot of humility. It led me to a lot of kneeling down before the Lord. Lots of tears. Lots of why this? Why that? Why am I having certain thoughts? Why? You know, blah, 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 blah. Just doing where David says, I'm not sure what chapter, but David says, pour out your whole hearts to the Lord. Your whole hearts. Jeremiah says to seek me with your whole heart and you'll find me. Um, and uh, time went on and uh, July 29th of last year, I come home from late from work. I throw on the song Be Still and Know by Jeremy Riddle and I fall asleep. I was asleep, but I could still feel my conscience awake. Like it was weird. I could still feel something as I was as I, when, when, we, when we're asleep. We can't feel anything. We're asleep. But in this moment, I could feel something. And so then time went. I I opened my eyes and the Lord spoke to me in that still small voice and said, "Your ADD, it's gone." And um, he didn't use that particular tone. And ever since then, the enemy definitely has gotten in my head and saying, you still have ADD. And I go, no. I didn't receive it from man. I wasn't taught it. No, I, I, I received it from Christ. He, he told me, and I know it. So, verse 13. For you have heard of my... Now, now okay, I'm sorry. I don't... Let me, let me, let me make this clear. I'm not, I'm not saying that my deliverance from ADHD is something monumental as being saved from my sin through the grace of God. I want to make that clear. That's not what I'm trying to do. That is demonstrously different. And I'd rather be saved from my sin than get delivered from ADHD. Let's just say that. And I am. So for verse 13, you have heard of my former life in Judaism. So like, like I said before, he's like, Paul has said, I, I, I grew up knowing everything. I, or not everything, but I knew the law from a very young age. So he's saying it here again. And I think that's Philippians where I was quoting from, but now Paul's saying it again here. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I uh, persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. Now, Paul is saying there what his life was before he was chosen by Christ. He was killing Christians and putting some in jail. Verse 14, And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. Paul is saying here that he was his spiritual state was... Oh, sorry. I read my, I read my note wrong. Paul is saying here what his spiritual state was before he was called as an apostle to Christ or of Christ. 
that he was advancing so much more in Judaism than the other people who were at the same age as him in the faith. Now, where it says traditions of my fathers, it could mean this, the, the, the sacramental traditions, just things that you do as a Jew that are like spiritually upright, if that makes sense. I think that's what Paul means by there. Verse 15, but when he who had me set apart before I was born and and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Okay, so there's three footnotes here through verses 15 through 16. Verse 15, where Paul says, uh, set me apart before I was born, uh, it means in the Greek, set me apart from my mother's womb. Wow. Beloved, that is huge. It's going back to that in Jeremiah. While Paul was in his mother's womb, God had already set him apart. This is the, this is, this is the beauty of seeing God work behind the scenes. We can relate this with Jeremiah, where God says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And uh, the word new there from Jeremiah also tra- also translates into chose. So it's, you, you kind of see what I'm connecting there. It's, it's really beautiful. Now verse 16, where it says he was pleased to reveal his son to me, it can also translate to in me. It's beautiful. Um, so from to me to in me, that's another translation. Okay, verse 17. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him for 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother, in in what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. That's in parentheses for verse 20. Verse 21, and again, we're reading out of the out of the ESV. Verse 21, Then I went to the regions of Syria and Sicilia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. So, Let's back up here. Verses 18 through 24, Paul elaborates on exactly what happened when he was preaching to the church to to confirm what everything he is saying is true because it was ordained by God. Um, He's he's just showing a little bit more of that understanding. And, um, yeah, it's just, just one step at a time. He's just... I love the way Paul wrote this, that he wrote out event by event. Verses, again, verses 18 through 24. He's just elaborating on what happened when he was with these guys. Saying, I, this is, this is true. I know what I'm saying is true. So, my favorite verses are probably verses 10 and 11, 
where it says, For am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Um, there's a footnote for that. Let's look at the footnote real quick. Let's go here. Um, let's go ESV. It says, for the contextual reduring of the Greek word duolos, see preface. So, don't completely understand that. But um, if you read other translations, it would say, uh, where it says, I would not be a servant of Christ. Other translations might say, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. So, um, those are my, uh, and then, so that's one of my favorite verses. And then, verse 11. One of my other favorite ones, for I, I would have you know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel, which again translates into, um, it could also translate into not according to man, it came from the Lord. Now, what did I learn here in Galatians 1? If I had God's approval over my life, I am satisfied. I don't need man's approval. I want to be faithful with what the talents God has given me to equip the body of Christ before Christ's second coming. And the context um, of Galatians 1, Paul gives greetings to the many churches in the city of Galatia, which in today's modern, which is today's modern Turkey. He shows them that he is pained and astonished that they would conform uh, quickly, like he said, to conform to a different gospel than what he, Paul, and his fellow friends preached to them. He then elaborates on why his gospel message is true. And uh, just going back on verse 10. I've definitely had to let the Lord discipline me in just being faithful in what he wants me to do. And I've had many people in the church criticize me at 25 years old, still living with my dad, living in financial debt. I don't have this necessarily comfortable, cushy Christian life or not Christian life, worldly life that I, that other people in the church think you should have. And, um, I've definitely gotten to the temptation of, okay, I just have to do what they tell me to do. But the Lord has just convicted me and said, no, my son, I know what, I know what's best for you. They don't, they can have good insight, but at the end of the day, I know what's best. And I've had to, uh, just not seek a man's approval. Um, and it really has grown my intimacy with the Lord in any different in any given situation so much more well amen and amen that is our galatians one study look at this i don't have to do a part two which i'm not complaining i i i love talking about the word of god but um i did this under an hour and i I mean the i i only how many pages is this one two It's only nine pages. The other ones I had were like 15 and 16 when we were going through James. So let's close in prayer, beloved.
Father, I thank you for the gospel that you revealed to Paul to bless us with and lead people to repentance. Father, I, I pray for my listeners, my wonderful, beautiful, beloved listeners that are your sheep, your children, Father, as they go out, that they would not conform to a different gospel. They would not take on the yoke of slavery that the church puts on them, Lord. They would be faithful in what you put in front of them in whatever season they're in, Lord. I pray as they leave, you would quiet their conscience. You would just hold them tonight, Lord. Protect them in the, protect them in, in their dream realms. Grow their hunger for your word. Help them to be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to anger and offense. Be unstained by this world. Not seek the approval of man in the midst of what you're calling them to be faithful to in this season they're in. In the midst of when people curse them and put them down and insult them, Lord, help them to pray for them and bless them. That we would continue to be the light of the world. Lord, the day of your return, whether that's in our generation or not, it is going to be a terrible and wonderful day. Father, I pray that they would just run to you. Lord, I would decrease. That is my prayer, Lord. And that you would increase in their lives. Any lukewarmness or room for compromise, Lord, refine us. Touch our hearts. Let your kindness lead us to repentance. And I pray the words I said today would go forth in power and they would be invigorated deeply in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, beloved, next week, Lord willing, we'll be diving into Galatians 2 and uh, Galatians 3 and Galatians uh, 5 are probably my favorite chapters. They are just, Paul gets so deep. Paul gets into Old Testament scripture in Galatians 3. And again, like, I'll finish with this. When we, when the Lord called me to study the book of James, which obviously we just did, um, there were certain verses that I knew about, but I didn't know the context. And it's the same thing with the book of Galatians. So, like, as I think about verses in Galatians three and Galatians five, I don't know too much about Galatians four or even Galatians two. Um. As I'm reading these, it's really helping me to understand the full context and understand a deeper meaning of it. So, thank you so much for listening to this Galatians chapter 1 study here on Mobius Ministries. This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.